Welcome to Suburban Warrior, the podcast that will impact, inspire, and empower you to transform your mindset and become the badass warrior that you are. I'm your host and fellow warrior, Chrissy Pfeiffer, former clinician and corporate marketing exec turns multi-passionate entrepreneur, performance and life coach, and mom to four not-so-little warriors. Each week, I will bring you honest conversations with inspiring guests to share their stories of resilience, optimism, success, and simple yet effective strategies so that you transform your thoughts and change your behavior to get the results you want in your life. You will be empowered to take action, warrior up, and believe in you. Let's do this. What's up, warriors? Welcome back to another episode of the Suburban Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Chrissy Piper, and I have another amazing Suburban Warrior to share her story and expertise with us today. And guys, this is a super special episode because it is the last episode of season three. Woohoo! Um, but don't worry if you um, are sad that you're going to not hear some new episodes. Just guys, you know you missed them. So just go back and check out some of the other amazing episodes um, that I have from seasons one, two, and season three, because even I go back and listen to them and miss things that these amazing experts and suburban warriors have shared with us. So I'm super excited about today's guest because I think it's topic today um, that we're going to discuss, which is really mental health in teens, is super important for the times that we are living in today. I mean, it has been, parenting is not an easy job ever, but I just feel like it has been really difficult to parent through these times. And I feel like teenagers are really have been affected by the pandemic and the changes caused by the pandemic the most. So my expert today is Michelle Dolan. She's a certified life coach for teen girls and young women based in Wilmington, North Carolina. Starting her practice in 2012 in Nashville, Tennessee, she helps teen girls manage stress, sort through life's complications, and realize their strengths, value, and potential in the process. Michelle is not only passionate about empowering teen girls to awaken their own greatness, she also equips parents and volunteers with tools and strategies to increase their level of connection with their teen girls, I mean, their yeah, teen girls during the ups and downs of adolescence. Michelle is available for one-on-one coaching session, sessions and also enjoys facilitating workshops and speaking on an array of issues affecting girls and their parents today. She has worked with adolescents for over 19 years in churches, youth camps, and schools, both nationally and internationally. Welcome to the podcast, Michelle. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. I am so glad to have you here as well, because, I mean, we need this expert advice that you're going to start dishing out for us on this episode. (laughs) I mean, I, you know, like I said, I I have four kids. One is technically not a teenager anymore. She's 21. Then I have a 16, 17 and uh, 13 year old, almost 14. And, you know, two girls, three girls and a boy. And I can just say, you know, I'm in that teenage world. So I hear from them about friends who are struggling. I feel, I hear from parents about their kids that are struggling. It's been, I mean, I feel like it's like an epidemic proportions. We obviously know suicide in teens is on the rise mm-hmm. and it's just, we we just need to start getting, we, we can't get ahead of it. I feel like right now. So we need to start really 
bringing in the conversation, talking about it with our kids, talking about it with each other. And it has to start being top of mind. So as a coach, I'm super excited to have you on as a coach who specializes in teens. So let's get right into it. Let's, I would love to hear about your experience working with teens. I know you started in 2012. What have you seen or have you seen, I guess, is the question, a change in teens pre versus post pandemic? Oh, sure. Uh, You know, pre pandemic, um, it was what you would expect that teens would be facing. I mean, obviously, complicated friendship issues, definitely the online piece and interaction with social media and even even just the idea of the amount that children consume. And if we think about this, you know, girls will tend to try to relax. And I say that in air quotes by just binging like a show for eight hours. And it's just this consuming all the time. And we don't even realize all the levels of influence that the things that we listen to and watch just influence. And so they're just online so much. And you know, it definitely, the amount of time girls spend online has increased exponentially since the pandemic, because it seemed as if, you know, none of us knew what to do. We were just like in survival mode. And so girls became more reliant on, you know, FaceTiming their friends or getting online and getting these online chat rooms on, you know, the video game apps and, and things. And it just became unhealthy. And what I found is that what I've really heard, and even now, I mean, this past two years has just been so busy for my practice. And I'm sad to say it's because kids are hurting. They can't handle everything that they see online. They can't handle all of that TikTok. They can't handle the pressure of the phone dinging or not dinging or or alerting them that they're being contacted about something or not. And so what happened is there was this unhealthy dependence that happened. And none of us could have, I mean, how do you know? We're just taking it day by day. All the kids that I've talked to, uh, the teens uh, and even college students, I was like, Hey, tell me about your COVID experience. You're like, well, one day we were at school and they said, well, you're just going to go home for two weeks. And they're like, yeah. "Yeah." And then literally it never ended. And then, you know, I've talked to girls that lost their senior year walking across the stage and lost homecoming experiences and really just needed the space to process you know, what was taking from them. But then now it's like, how do they come out of that? Most kids that I've talked to, uh, the social muscles. So I I really want to encourage parents. If your children are struggling with social skills, it is a skill. And it's just like when you go work out, you know, if you keep working on a muscle, it's going, you're going to gain strength. You're going to feel better, but there is that pinchy point where you have that soreness. And even in this generation today, if it feels hard, kids want to run the other way. And what I try to encourage them is that everything you want, everything you desire, is just past some temporary discomfort. And so what's happening is I'm spending a lot of time uh, helping teens uh, regain their confidence in social skills. Not to mention that when they consume, 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 let's talk about the filters. They are cute. I mean, oh I get gosh. it. Filters are fun. You're like, whoa. I mean, wow. But if you just scroll through things and you are not critically thinking, yeah. you're thinking, wow, that girl never has a zit. She yeah. never has a bad hair day. And it's like, 
man, that's just a filter, guys. But it's the world they live in. So even just trying to build up their sense of what makes them valuable and special. Like I've had girls that literally kept wearing a mask when it was like when you didn't have to anymore because they were afraid to show their face. They they turn inward. And I would just say that that was probably one of the most damaging pieces of the pandemic is that in order to, you know, help our kids stay quote connected, unquote, they had to be online. They had to do these video things, but then it made it where kids' worlds became too small. And I would say ours did too. And when your world becomes that small, where you're just looking down at a device all the time, guess what? You are sad. You are miserable. And so, but breaking out of that really takes courage. And I always encourage parents, if your daughter's just willing to just show up, open to try anything, I always focus actually on micro steps. Uh, I feel like the world sells you, oh, do these big sweeping things and it's just going to work and it's going to be easy. And I was like, liars, such liars. It's not easy. So hard. Having, you've got to fight for and, you know. Your teens are worth fighting for. Sometimes it means, and honestly, I'm, it's like a monologue because this is just so on my heart. I mean, I've talked to countless <laughs> parents this week, countless parents this week, their teens have an unhealthy codependence on their phones. Yeah. So what happens is the phone becomes the precious. And when parents have it in their heart, they want to pull back and restructure, re-strategize how the phone is being used in the house. And then the teens just go crazy and they feel like it's punishment. But again, what I, what I want to encourage you as a parent, you must go with your gut. It is okay for you to lead and guide your teen. Uh, That is your job. If she's 14 and she's telling you, absolutely not. You are not going to take my phone mom (laughs) at night. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is the girl needs to sleep. She needs it's one of the core pieces of her being happy the next day and ready to face the things that she's going to face. It's just even having that rest, going on a bike ride, talking to someone face to face. But those are the things that they're going to resist because they're so used to operating the way they've been operating. But but again, if parents, it it really takes, you know, fortitude. You've got to decide. You have to put your helmet on, mom. You got to just, you parents, you have to put your helmet on and you have to gear up and you have to realize that these moves that you're going to make that are going to make your teen unhappy temporarily, remember that temporary discomfort, in the end, there's going to be an enormous payoff. Okay. So yes. No. So let's talk about that for a second. So, because I'm, I mean, I totally agree. I, I mean, I think that we're all guilty of having our phones in our hands basically every waking hour. I mean, I, you know, it's just, it's such I think it, the pandemic made it worse because we were home. And so that our connection with people was through the phone. Um, but I know having teenagers when they are on it, it is so frustrating, but they're on it all the time, but you know, they're talking to people, they're FaceTiming, they're Snapchatting, they're, they're chatting. And when they're not, then they're on social media and you know, the whole TikTok filter thing or filters in general, I think it's amazing. Like I I would never know when I'm on TikTok that that person has a filter on it, unless it's a TikTok where they're showing like, oh my God, look at how different I look with and without this filter. And it's unbelievable. So it's so ridiculous, this crazy world that we're living in where everything looks perfect and it's not reality. It shouldn't be called social media. It should be called an alternate universe because it's not reality, right? It's going that way. It, It is. So, but 
this is what's happening. And I know it's happening in every house. It's happening in my house with these teens. So there's obviously a level of healthy and a level of unhealthy. I know, I get it. Put your helmet on. You're the parent. But how do you balance it? Because I also have like a junior in high school who she's going to be going off to college in a year. She's going to do whatever the heck she wants. And I have a 21 year old that does whatever she wants. She doesn't even, you know? So how do you help them form these healthy habits um, that give them a balance of, I need to stay connected to my friends. This is what we do. This is our generation versus you need to get off of the phone, give your brain a break, stop with the blue light and, you know, give yourself a quote unquote timeout from the phone. Any strategies for helping them understand it's not a punishment. It's for your benefit. What do you say? What do you do? Right. Okay. Well, this is great because you are at the perfect crossroads to implement some new strategies in your home as you're going into summer. You can call it a summer schedule. Yeah. And all you're trying to do is implement balance, exemplify balance. And honestly, I so I have a six year old and a seven year old going on angsty 17 year old attitude. I mean, yeah. wow, <laughs> he is something, but it really helps. He actually really helps me think uh, so much about what I do. And actually totally. you know, as parents, we were made to parent. We, I mean, it's in us. And I actually always tell teams, I was like, guys, cause they'll complain. They'll say, my mom said, I can't do this or what. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Well, what are your thoughts about that? And I always say, you know, parents, parent, you know, their job is to help you and guide you. And sometimes they're going to make calls that you're just going to be like, what? But a lot of times you just need to trust your parents' heart, that they love you and they would never do anything to hurt you. They're trying to equip you. So in terms of equipping, uh, like the opportunity this summer, what you can do is create balance, like having some structure, right? So I personally, for me in my home, uh, when I am with my children, I really try to have my phone in my back. Okay. And so that way I'm not always, because if it's there and you hear it, you're like, Oh, a friend, Oh, my Instacart order, you know, or, or what? I mean, we work, it's so much in, in our life. So that's fine, but there's got to be balance. So how do you remain present as a parent? So I would just say, first exemplify things, have some non-device time, show them how great it feels to do that. Um, also just, you know, especially in the summer, I would encourage you, you know, teens today, when you thrust them, most of them, when you're thrusting them into situations that require risk, even if it's the best risk, they're just like, oh, I don't know anybody. And I yeah. think, oh, but wait, the greatest thing happened when, when you don't know anybody. When you go and you just show up, you re- realize what you bring to friendships because we talk about like their strengths and their values and their talents and interests and anything they go to, they bring value. So if they know what they bring to the table, they can go in any situation, but there's so much pushback. Oh, mom, don't sign me up for that. I don't have friends and that as a parent, if you see things that will enrich their life and, and really force them to exercise those muscles, you will be preparing them for what's to come. Like when you're saying when they're 21, I coached college students as well. And, you know, those whose parents really like immerse them in, you know, multiple activities, I would say volunteering is so huge by the way, any kind of volunteering that your child is interested in, go for it. Sending away to camps, learning new things in terms of summer and having like a plan of implementing something. I would say as a parent, go through, get on the Google guys, get on the Google, look at what's going on in your city this summer. You've probably already done this to some extent. And I would actually go ahead and make a list of super fun 
options for your teenager to be involved in different kinds of things. Okay. And it could be something from like going to yoga outside. It could be, um, you know, volunteering at a pet shelter. If they love pets, pet adoptions, it could be doing all these different things. And then what you do is you present it like, okay, so for summer, we're going to try to just really stretch ourselves and not get into the habit. Like most people equate, equate rest, with just laying around, lying around on the couch and, you know, watching the tube. Guys, we can do better. There's different kinds of rest. You could actually lay outside in the sun and listen to the birds and take in that vitamin D and like have space. We just don't have space in our lives anymore. But what you can do is like have your children elect to do certain things and they just need to do these things, have involvement of how they help out around the house. It does give meaning. It prepares them. Look, if your teen does not know how to wash their clothes, they're going to be in trouble in college. Okay. Or, you know, it's great to teach them how to fry an egg or, you know, take care of themselves, like get them involved. And then also, you know, be intentional about, you know, the time that you spend connecting. I'm going to segue into, you know, there's always hot button issues because we're all going to be together this summer, right? You're like, oh gosh, they're out. We're all going to be at home. And we all have <laughs> hot button issues with their children. Like you just say one word and like, you know, and it's just over. It's like total disconnect. Right. And so um, something that I actually really encourage parents about, um, I call it pacing your parenting. And you can try this this summer. And, you know, when your kids are becoming teenagers, your relationship is going to shift. I feel like no one prepares us for this. You know, from the time they were born, all you did was solve problems. We look, mom, guys, we are such great problem solvers. We can just handle it. That's what we're made to do. We do it from the beginning when they're born. But then when they become teenagers, what we're trying to do is equip them and draw out their problem solving skills. You know, like you're coming alongside as a trusted guide. And um, what you're trying to do is draw them out. So it's not always, you know, when they come to you and say, mom, you just wouldn't believe what happened with this friend at school today and blah, blah, blah. And she's talking about this. So it's easy to just tell them, you know, the answer, what you believe is the best path. But just an exercise in terms of, you know, pacing that advice is maybe for the first two times to be like, wow, totally hear you. I mean, that is hard. So, I mean, what do you think is the best move? And give them space. And if they don't know, say, well, why don't you just take some time to think about it and let's circle back and, you know, maybe wait a couple times before you give answers. Or if you have hot button issues, whether they're keeping up with their responsibilities or their schools, make sure that in between those parenting moments where you're holding them accountable, which of course you should, you're their mom or dad, you should hold them accountable. But in between that, make sure you have some Total, total connection moments where you're just going out and taking a walk together, or doing things you love to do and just create the space to hold space as a mom. Nobody taught me how to do that. It was only through coaching where I learned the value of literally holding space is literally doing that. You don't have to think of the next answer. You're literally so present with her and you're listening and you're validating. And that is so powerful because if she goes to school and her friends go, well, you shouldn't tell your mom about that. You know, in her mind, she'd be like, no, I can tell my mom anything because she listens to me. Yeah. You know, even if I disagree with her, she's totally with me. So, uh, yeah. So in terms of summer, summer schedule, kind of like electives where they can pick things, but they have to pick things. They must participate in life. They cannot just check out. 
and not do anything and just veg all summer because that just creates misery. And there's no growth in that. And we're made to grow. We're made to take risks. We're happiest. I mean, it's the truth. It's the reason why I'm seeing so much misery across the board in teen girls is because, again, going back to their world got as small as that phone. And they had this perceived control like, oh, I can just control everything. I don't have to risk. If I wear this mask, people don't see my face. I don't have to smile. If I stay in my room, I don't have to engage with my family or I don't have to go to these things. They must go. It's not that they have to, they must for their development and to become healthier as teens and and to increase their mental health. They've got to do these things that they're afraid of. But mom, you weren't afraid. You can do it. You walk with them through it. Um, And you champion that inside of them, they have what it takes to face whatever comes their way and they're never alone. That's amazing advice. And I I couldn't agree more. I think the more that, you know, we were isolated, the harder it was for everybody, adults and teenagers um, Mm -hmm. to interact and be out socially. It was just all of a sudden it started to feel weird when you were out. So the only way to stretch or to build that muscle is to do it, is to just do it and not overthink it. So here's a question for for parents that might be listening right now that might have a teen that is struggling, you know, with their mental health. And, you know, there's, there's a huge spectrum on that, right? So it could just be slightly struggling to extremely struggling, but for a lot of parents maybe don't even know how much their, their kids are struggling. They just might see, maybe they're not themselves. Maybe they're upset sometimes, or their personalities slightly different. What are some questions that you could ask your teen that could help to start a conversation with them that might help them to either open up to tell you how they're feeling or help a parent who, you know, isn't a coach understand how do I get into this conversation with my teens? Because to your point, the healthy relationship is when there's listening, right? When there's, you know, you're open, it's an open relationship. There's conversation back and forth all the time. You're listening. They don't feel judged. They don't feel like they're getting in trouble all the time you know, that kind of thing. But how, how do you start to form that relationship? And what question? what are some opening questions that could be asked to start a conversation? Right. You know, um, kids always need reassurance. Our teens and even college age students, they just need reassurance because again, remember all the influence from the outside, you know, that yeah. is coming into their minds and hearts that can create doubt. And so, you know, you might believe that you've said it enough to your team already that they should know, but they need to be reminded all the time. Uh, Meaning, so, you know, as I mentioned before, holding space. So first, you know, as a parent, if you have a teenager and they're getting into those dicey times where you feel like they're kind of not sharing as much with you, you do create the holding space, that, that space to just listen, right? And not give an answer every time. So I would just say that as a first strategy, start listening to your teen. Actually, let there be space. It is kind of cute because every parent that I've ever talked to is like, I just know what's going on, Michelle. Like, she comes home from school and I'm like, How was your day? And they're like, Mom, stop interrogating me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I think that, you know, what's funny though is as an adult, like, I think that everybody sort of hates that question. They do. It's, it's so generic, right? And out. even when like my kids sometimes, as sweet as it is, Hey, mom, how was your day? I'm like, yeah, my day was great, but it's generic. Like, yeah. you know, they, they don't really want to know how my day was. They want to know what did you do? 
what sure. was fun? You know, who did you talk to? Like, yes, you know, and, and so I kind of get why that question sets teens off because yeah. it's like a hot button question, it right? Is. It's like, well, how do you want me to ask? I just had an entire day. What do you mean? What did I do? Or how was it? It was freaking great. You know? So I, I do, I, as a parent, I hate that question. You know, yes, because I get it. Right. It actually doesn't answer anything. Like, even if you said, great, that literally is so vague and you're not right. really getting an understanding of what their day was like. So, I mean, you just touched on it. You can ask specific questions. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to fill your teen out. Most teens after they've been at school all day, it's just like us. If you've been, you don't want to talk about it. You're exhausted and you just yeah. need a little bit of time to regroup. So maybe give them some space. You know, let there be space, show them that space, just hold the space and they might start talking. If I, even though my son is young, if I say right when he gets in the car, I was like, oh, I've missed you. How was your day? He's like, oh, I just don't remember. But if I don't talk and I just found some chill music, he just starts talking. Yeah. I'm like, oh, wow. That is just so cool. You know, so it's amazing. Stop talking as a parent for a little bit and listen. Okay. But then I would just say, you know, as you create that space to listen to them more, validate them more, give them that sense that doing then at some point, and then you have to keep checking in and doing this. You say, Hey, I know what it's like. I know there's a lot that you see in here and that, you know, that I don't even know, you know, and I just want you to know that I love you beyond everything. And I'm here for you. And there's nothing that you will ever go through that you have to go through alone. I know that you might think that I might judge you, but I'm not going to judge you. I love you. And please know that you can always come to me and that this is always a safe space for you to talk about all the things because I know it's all on your mind. And, you know, that may sound redundant to say it over and over again, but you have to keep reassuring. You just have to keep in. There's an open invitation for parents. But like you said, as parents, we are so busy. We're looking at our phones. I don't I think it's you have to be super intentional to create those moments. Right. Where you're not distracted and where you can really be present. Right. Absolutely. And then um, and then the next piece would be after you've started implementing, creating that space, listening, you're going to, to see something happen. You're going to see them talking more. And then honestly, at that point, it's not now some kids, some teens will reach out and say, mom, I think I just need to talk to somebody. Now, if your child is complaining of depression, they can't get out of bed. You know, they're so sad all the time. Uh, If they're saying that they've thought of hurting themselves or any of those, you need to take that seriously. And that is the moment to start looking for therapeutic support. So really great life coaching and therapy definitely overlap at times. But when I hear those signs, it must, there must be therapy first or in addition to, it's great to have coaching, you know, because coaching is forward thinking, but if there are past hurts and deep wounds and, and just these uh, cyclical thinking that keeps them weighed down, they need a therapist. They need a great trusted counselor. And so, you know, as a parent, as you're approaching teen years, just be open to having help and encourage your teens that, You know, I've actually heard a lot of teens tell their parents like, well, I don't want a therapist. I don't even want a life coach. There's nothing wrong with me. I don't need to be fixed. It's like, guys, what happened to just having people on your team? Right. You know, the most successful people in life. If you ask them, if you interview all the most successful people, guess what? They have a team that supports them. Therapeutic, coaches, 
doctors for their health, like everything. everything. Uh, they're always having people pour into them. You know, part of really being successful in life is knowing how to choose the right people for to be on your team. And so, you know, maybe just helping them know that, hey, that it's not about being fixed, but everybody needs someone on their side at times. I love counseling. I have so much respect for it. There were times in my life I needed so much help. And when I went, I mean, that healing, I, I kind of describe it as if you want to describe it to your team, like what therapy is like, it's like when all of our emotions, well, we're at that lowest point and we just can't dig out. And we need professional help. It's like you're in a file room and there's just papers everywhere. It's like someone blew up all the files of your heart, all of your emotions and everything just blown up. And you're literally sitting in this mess and you look around and you're like, I just don't know where to start or how to put this all back together. Well, a really trusted counselor helps you figure out, okay, well, where does everything go? And how can we file this away appropriately so it doesn't have power over you to hold you down anymore? So parents, if your children need a counselor, get them a counselor. And also don't be discouraged if the first one you try is not the greatest. Just tell them like, hey, it takes some time to find someone who's a fit. There's no shame. I'm never offended if I'm not the right fit. You have to find the right fit for your child. Now, if it's more like the self-esteem piece, there are levels of anxiety where there's diagnosing where, of course, you know, therapy is definitely, you know, in, in, in line to, to be done. But there are practical ways of disarming fear. That's why I call it dismantle and disarm it. And teens can find their power over their emotions. Look, feelings lie. If I can say that, guys, feelings lie. You cannot always trust your feelings. You always have to hold the truth up. And you have to verify, like, wait, is this true? If I wake up and say, man, and I did this as a teenager, I'm fat and ugly and nobody likes me. That's how I felt, right? But is that really the truth about me? No, I was cool. I had uh, leadership (laughs) abilities. I was really funny. I love people. But because all these kids like call me names and I just had no sense of self-esteem, I just had a perceived sense of deficit. So I made lame sauce decisions. Okay. Totally lame. And it's because I perceived that I had this deficit. Well, you know, when I kind of awakened to the gifts that I had, like everything changed. I got to see how, like, I brought value to everything I came to. And, you know, if I have the emotion or if I'm having, you know, an emotional moment, like, oh, man, this, this, I just don't add up or whatever. It's like, wait a minute. This is just a low moment, guys. Let's just see this feeling right back out the door because that is not the truth. I'm going to take a bike ride and regroup, take some time and regroup. Um, So anyhow, you know, coaching does focus more on, like, now, where are you? Who do you want to become? It's so fun. It's positive. Uh, teens always get on their first session. And first of all, they're afraid because they're thinking like, who's the old hag my mom hired for me? They think I'm like some <laughs> mean old lady that yeah. mom hired. And then I got, I still have bangs. I still look like a middle school. Nobody knows how old I am. And that's totally fine with me. <laughs> There's fairy lights in the background. And I wear big earrings. We're going to have fun. Like this is fun. And, and as you know, being a coach, coaching sessions literally fly by and like the 60 minutes is over. And they're like, what? It's over. I was like, yeah, you totally survived. They're like, uh-huh. And I was like, was it what you thought? She's, they're like, no, it's so much better. It's so fun. And, and so that's beauty. So obviously, if you're seeing the signs for therapeutic support, you need to address that first. But if you're, if it's self-esteem, if it's navigating, oh my gosh, the friendship situations we've had to navigate, like the strategy, like Army Ranger guys, you've got to just like, you've got to really think hard and get in there and figure out like, you know, positioning. How do you deal with these things? That's coaching, you know, future 
don't be afraid of the future. You're going to show up to the future. It's going to unfold and it's going to be so great because you're going to show up. You don't have to have all the answers. I know I'm just like talking about everything, but no, I love it. Cause there's, I mean, I, that's, that's the whole thing. There's just so much to talk about because right. I mean, it, it is, there's, there's so many, that's why the coaching sessions fly by because there's yeah. so much to talk about and there's so many strategies and so many ways to get these teenagers the help that they need. And quite honestly, I feel like so much of what they're dealing with, I mean, listen, they're, they are age old issues. They, they're not things that we didn't deal with as, as teens. I just feel like they're heightened in today's environment because of the expectations, right? The expectations Mm -hmm. of there's higher expectations on these kids, the expectation of perfection in every way, Mm -hmm. the expectations that uh, social media puts on them. And I, I loved what you said about feelings lie, uh, mm. right? And about um, a perceived sense of, the, of a deficit. Mm. Because I think those two things really highlight a major issues, right? That mm. teens don't understand that their thoughts affect their emotions, right? So their thoughts are thoughts that it's negative self-talk. It's thoughts that are in their head. It's things that most of the time that they're that are not real. They're their own thoughts that we all have. We all do it, but mm-hmm. teens do it a lot, right? That then they're creating these emotions that could be anger and sadness or, or depression or frustration or anything in the moment. And it's a complete lie. Like if it's like a, a, they took one little thing that someone said, and next thing you know, they have a, an entire situation that is completely not even true, right? So it's it's helping them understand how to really sort through those thoughts and and harness those emotions so that they're not just spiraling downward and thinking that they're the only ones and that they're alone and and all all of these terrible emotions that these teenagers are feeling and to your point they're not even you know it's not that just therapy it's really normal everyday things that if they start to learn these strategies now in life they're not going to be 25 and 30 year olds that are still experiencing the same thing because Yes. We all do it as adults, the same thing. So I love that. I love that, you know, really to focus on looking at the truth and, you know, understanding that that feelings lie. I think it's like such, so important. Okay. So one last piece of advice, if there was one piece of advice that you could give to parents of teens, I know there's like so many, I know, because it's like, there's so much to talk about, but as we wrap up, if there's one thing that you could say to, to parents of teenagers besides what you've already said, which is amazing and letting them know they are loved and that they're not alone and all of those wonderful things of holding space. What, if, what else? One more hot topic, hot tip you can give us. You know, the thing that just really is on my heart right now to say is like, as a parent, you know, trust your gut. There's no one like you. You are made for this moment. There is a war on our kids. I hate to say it, but you know, just all they're just so bombarded all the time. There's so much uh, that has access to them, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a difficulty. Look, that phone is literally a computer. And as much as they have access to the world, the world has access to their mind and their their hearts. And they are, you can just assume that there's things that they are struggling with. They need you to trust your gut and make those tough moves as a parent out of love. And, and so, you know, don't hold back, get, get in that trench and and just keep fighting for your team. Don't give up. Don't think it's not hopeless. Look, if they are willing to show up 
It's possible. If you are willing to make those hard moves that you know need to happen in your family, that you know need to happen for them. And I know like the backlash, you know, when they're upset with you is so hard, but they need you. I mean, this is the time you've got to just be the strength and, and, you know, walk with, walk them through that. Our kids need us to recalibrate after the pandemic. Yeah. The pandemic was kind of like a runaway train in so many ways. And I know we talked focused on that quite a bit, this call, but, but now the need is to recalibrate, sit, sit down and think, you know, what would I love my household to look and feel like, you know, how do I want to create it and then create it. Right. And then create it. And like, what kind of mom do I want to be? Look, after a long day of like fighting fires as a, as a mom, and if you work and you're doing all the things and you've got all these plates spinning and then your, your team needs you or needs something, you just like, uh, and I don't want to feel like that. I want to have an abundance. So mom, dad, what do you need to do to recharge your heart? Take care of yourself. Do you need therapy on your side? Do you need a coach on your side? Get the help that you need to navigate these things. And um, I would just say that right now in the world, if parents recalibrated, that would help all of the teenagers immensely. Uh, But just you have to know that there's going to be pushback, but just be ready for it. Expect it. Uh, But they need you to be strong in this time. And uh, one of my, actually one of my favorite pieces, I love all the parents. I'm like, guys, let's all be best friends. It's so much fun. (laughs) All these parents, I hear how much they love their teens and I know how hard it is. And, you know, I'm on the outside. I guess that's the beautiful part. When you have someone that's just kind of on the outside of your normal sphere and here's your patterns and your triggers. It's so great because, you know, I might have something, you see something you can't see because you're just so in it. Right. Yeah, of course. being able to encourage encourage parents um, is one of the greatest honors to be because really in terms of teen life coaching, you know, I really care about that family and, and everyone being successful, you know, yeah, I always absolutely. teens toward their parents, not away. Right. You know, of course. Like, oh, keep pressing in, you know, keep asking questions. It's okay if you disagree, but gosh, I know you're, I'm guessing that your parent would do anything for you. You know, isn't that the truth that they love you? to the core and, you know, the teenagers will be like, yeah. So are they really trying to ruin your life? No. Okay. Yeah. So is there a way to trust them? Is there a way to push into this? So um, yeah, get help. Don't I love it. make the tough calls. You are, this is the moment we've got this to celebrate after this pandemic. We've got to like get, get things back. The, not the way they were, but there's a new reality now. And, you know, you were saying, I just want to touch on this. You know, even the expectations that teenagers have on one another has been tough. I've noticed like friendship issues because now everyone has access to one another and they have yeah. expectations like, well, if she didn't answer my text in two seconds, yeah. and she's not being a good friend. I'm like, guys, do you know what codependency is? Right. We don't want to be codependent. So, you know, again, look and assess your household, look at your children, you know, through your loving heart and eyes and look and think, you know, what are they struggling with? What can I do to equip them? What can we change up that will help them, you know, grow through this? What echo chambers are they stuck in? How can we create, you know, new playlists? That's what I like to liken it to, like change your playlist. Like if you're in this echo chamber, like snap out of it and like start listening to something new. Because as you said, if you're thinking change, like when I realized what I carried in my heart, my whole life changed when I, when I, cause then I don't care if those people don't like me. Cause it's like, Oh, well, I guess it's going to be your loss, not mine. You know, if that job doesn't hire me, 
Well, I mean, too bad for them, guys. You know, something is out there for me. I bring value and it's not cocky. It's just good to have a healthy understanding. Your teen needs a healthy understanding of what they bring so they don't sell themselves short in relationships, their future. You know, you can do something now. There are things you can do now to equip them and help changes. This is exactly why I became a life coach because that teenager that I was, I had great parents. I had all the like support. You would think, Oh, Michelle will turn out to be great. But I had a secret struggle with self-esteem and I thought I was horrible inside. And I needed someone outside of my life to be a safe judgment-free space. So I could share my heart and all the things I was going through and just help me to sort through it. Look, I don't give teens all the answers. I help them sort through and find their answer that they can stand on, but they're not just going to take the advice of their friends that have just as little of life experience as they do. They have someone on their side. Yeah. So, so important. It's so important. And um, the work that you're doing is so great. And thank you so much for sharing all of your expertise and advice with us today. And thank you for sharing your gifts and doing what you do. And, um, you know, I am grateful that you showed up today and thank you for being honest and vulnerable and, you know, really just sharing, um, all of your expert advice. So, um, where can people find you? Are you on Instagram? Okay. So I am, and it's marked private right now, but that's going to change tomorrow guys. So go ahead and friend me up. It's at teen girl coach at teen girl coach. And then my website is just teengirlcoach.com. That's how you can find me. Yes. 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 Feel free to reach out. Awesome. Michelle, thank you so much for being here with us today. This is such an important topic. I'm so glad we got to discuss it. And guys, I want to thank all my listeners for being with me here through season three of Suburban Warrior. Uh, Like I said, go back, check out past episodes, comment, tell us what you love. And don't you worry, we will be back next season with season four and another uh, slew of suburban warriors here to share their expert advice and stories with you. Until then, have an amazing summer and good luck with all your teens. <laughs> and uh, I can't wait to see you again. Talk to you soon. 